0: New York City has just erected a golden demon statue on top of a courthouse near Madison Square Park. And when I say a golden demon statue, I'm not being hyperbolic or funny. It is a gold statue of a demon woman with horns on her head and weird tentacle things for arms dedicated to Ruth Bader Ginsburg and specifically to Ginsburg's support for abortion. The artist who made it told the New York Times that the statue is part of a, quote, urgent and necessary cultural reckoning underway as New York reconsiders traditional representations of power in public spaces and recasts civic structures to better reflect 21st century mores. You see, in old New York, we placed on top of our courthouses stone and marble statues of famous lawgivers, allegories such as Lady Justice, Because our old social mores reflected reverence for things like law and justice. Today, we erect golden demon idols to the human sacrifice of little babies. Because our social mores reflect reverence for things such as hedonism and selfishness. The libs and the artists see this as a wonderful thing. The horns on the beast are, according to the reports, meant to symbolize autonomy and sovereignty, nice enough sounding values, at least until you think about what they really mean. But that is how it always goes. I am sure that the ancient Canaanites thought themselves perfectly justified in worshiping Baal. I have no doubt that the ancient Assyrians thought that it was a wonderful, fine thing to sacrifice their babies to Moloch. We look back on those ancient practices the idol worship, the human sacrifice, and we all mock it as absurd. we're, We're horrified at it, even though we today do precisely in every single aspect the same exact thing. The Israelites themselves, about five seconds after Moses walked up the mountain to talk to God, decided to betray the God who led them out of Egypt and worship a golden calf. So what do we do now? The squishes will tell us, we need to respect the demonic artists. We need to tolerate their alleged freedom of demon worship or whatever, their their imaginary right to erect satanic statues. But I, for one, hope that the next Republican mayor of New York, whoever has power to get rid of this thing, acts a little less like an anything goes, you do you, who am I to judge art, let's leave it all alone, man, kind of politician, and acts a little bit more like Moses after he came down the mountain. And I hope that that future Republican politician not only removes this monstrosity, but smashes it up to smithereens in public. That would send an artistic, political, and religious message from which we all stand to benefit. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Joe Donuts. What a name. Who says, if you have shellfish allergies, you should not eat Z-bugs, and the food should come with a warning label. That is true. If you have shellfish allergies, you definitely should avoid eating Z-bugs. Also, if you don't have shellfish allergies, you should also avoid eating the bugs. Eating the bugs is not not a great thing. Uh, it's just undignified. It's just taboo. It just doesn't go along with our culture. And you make a good point. If you have an allergy, I guess it could kill you. You will die someday, though. That's why you got to check out Epic Will. Right now, head on over to EpicWill.com. Use promo code Knowles. It can be tough to stick to your New Year's resolutions. You set out with lofty goals. You stick to them for two weeks, then you fall right back into your old habits. Lucky for you. I've got a goal that you can accomplish today. Complete your will with Epic Will for just 119 bucks, and in as little as five minutes, Epic Will can help you create your last will and testament, living will, and even healthcare power of attorney. Their step-by-step online form makes it all incredibly easy. All you need to do is fill in the blanks. I did not have a will for a long time. That was very, very irresponsible of me. I sleep much easier at night now that I do because. If you don't have a will, you don't know what's going to happen to your money and your stuff, and most importantly, your kids. Do the responsible thing right now. It's super quick. It's super inexpensive. 50% of Americans don't have a will. Choose today to be in the smarter half. Go to EpicWill.com. Use promo code Knowles. Save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That is EpicWill, E-P-I-C-W-I-L-L.com. Promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Speaking of demon ladies, there's a new bill going around the Senate called the Pelosi Act. I really love this bill. This was proposed by Senator Josh Hawley. Uh, this is a bill that he had previously introduced, though now he's retooled it a little bit and renamed it. It would uh, ban insider trading. I mean, insider trading is already banned, but it would specifically ban lawmakers and their spouses from holding and trading individual stocks. And it would force political figures to return profits To the American citizens, and it is called the Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments Act, also known as the Pelosi Act. And uh, the reason for this is that for whatever reason, Washington politicians have this weird habit of outperforming the stock market. Isn't that kind of strange? These Washington politicians, they're not necessarily accomplished investment professionals. They don't have advanced degrees and awards and finance. And, but for some whatever reason, these guys in D.C. tend to outperform the stock market. Earlier this month, Business Insider reported at least 78 members of Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, had violated a 2012 law known as the Stock Act, the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Act. And, uh, and uh, so now Hawley is trying to uh, clamp down on that because that's what happens. That's how corruption works. These insiders in DC get all sorts of information that you are not privy to, that your financial advisor, if you have one, is not privy to. They get all that info, and then they trade stocks based on that, and then they make a bunch of money. And it's just, it's so basically corrupt. It's not even corrupt in one of these really house of cards, kind of palace intrigue ways. It's just its just politicians using secret info to make a couple of bucks. Speaking of secret info, our friends over at Project Veritas have a huge story. Project Veritas does incredible journalistic work. Because they come out with so many of these investigations, some are bigger bombshells than others. This is the biggest Project Veritas story I have seen in quite a while. This Project Veritas story shows a Pfizer executive confiding some secret information uh, with someone with whom he thinks he is on a date. That Pfizer is planning gain of function research on the coronavirus. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID. Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this have no public, what that's You got a <laughs> public you don't tell anyone yeah. <laughs> We're exploring, like, not, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can pro- <laughs> create uncivially developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. We <laughs> have be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, goes everywhere. Yeah, you got to be really controlled and really good at working with COVID and really precise on your vaccines. So, you know, look, I know that we at Pfizer specifically and the entire public health establishment broadly have gotten every single thing wrong about COVID, but we'll probably get it right this time. Let's start messing around with the viruses, huh? Let's start beefing them up. What could go wrong? That's not some conspiracy theory. That's not It's a director of research specifically working on mRNA vaccines at Pfizer. And he's saying, yeah, look, we don't tell the public this because you know what the fact check is going to be. The fact check from the AP or Reuters or PolitiFact or any of these ostensibly neutral journalist outlets, they're going to say, well, no, Pfizer has been very clear that they don't do this. And then you got this guy, this director of research coming in and saying, yeah, I know that's what we say. We're lying. We are working on this. And of course they are. Of course they are. Do you remember when Dr. Fauci went up onto Capitol Hill and, and Rand Paul grilled him and said, You were conducting gain of function research, You're, you were funding it. And what did Fauci say? He says, Senator Paul, we have, we have never funded or conducted this kind of gain of function research. And then my favorite part was was the way he concluded his denial. He said, and if we did, it was totally fine. <laughs> because, because Rand Paul had the goods. And so Fauci perjures himself before the US Senate. Rand Paul says, actually, you funded this doctor. You gave him this grant. The grant went to this place, and you conducted gain-of-function research. And Fauci looked like a deer in the headlights. He goes, well, no, we didn't. We never did that. It's totally fake. And even if it's real, it's fine. Don't worry. Let's move on. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain because they're liars. That's why we don't believe them anymore. That's why we don't trust them. That's why it, it it is unreasonable for most people to get the vaccine and always has been. The reason it has always been unreasonable for most people to get the vaccine is because the people peddling the vaccine are known liars with no credibility. And you're seeing this now with Pfizer, this guy bragging to the person he thinks he's on a date with. So, yeah, we're, we're still lying to the public. We haven't, we've learned absolutely no lesson. We know that we are completely immune from any consequences. So, yeah, we're going to lie and then we're going to mess around and we're going to engage in the same kind of research that almost certainly caused the pandemic in the first place. What do we do about this? Here's the fork in the road, guys. This is the fork in the road for conservatives. You've got the squishes who might be tempted to say, well, you know, it's a private company. It's a private. We can't interfere in the operations of the free market. We don't want big government to come in and tell Pfizer what to do. No, no, that would be terrible. That would be. That's the real risk that we face here. So, look, if you don't like these these uh, big pharmaceutical executives uh, messing around with very dangerous viruses and potentially shutting the world down again for three years, well, just build your own Pfizer. <laughs> that's the that's one path. Then the other path is wield the government to smush this company into the ground, wield the government in as much as we can, because there's a lot of regulatory capture by big pharma, but wield the government to stop this. That's the fork in the road. Which way, conservative man? You know, my friend, Senator Cruz has the right instincts on these sorts of questions. Senator Cruz just introduced a bill into the Senate that I think is so, so important, not just for the issue that it seems to directly address, but for for the broader way that we should be thinking about Washington, D.C. Uh, Senator Cruz introduced a bill to stop illegal aliens from voting in Washington, D.C. Both illegal aliens and people who are here on, let's say, green cards or visas, but they're not citizens. All non-citizens should not get to vote in Washington, D.C. Senator Cruz says, allowing non-citizens, including aliens, occupying our nation illegally to exercise a right reserved for American citizens not only violates the constitutional principles our nation was founded upon, but also naively invites foreign meddling in our elections. Totally true. But this is not only happening in D.C. This is happening in San Francisco. This, there was a proposal to do this in New York. All, all around the country, in the liberal cities, there is a movement to let non-citizens start voting. And they may have the right to do that within their own municipalities. San Francisco, because of federalism, may have the right, certain school boards may have the right to let non-citizens vote. So what makes Washington, D.C. different? This is is really the core of this issue, I think. Washington, D.C. is the federal district. Ultimately, Congress is responsible for Washington, D.C. The Congress chose to allow... Washington, D.C. to have its own mayor, to have its own representatives, to have its own local government. But Washington, D.C. is not a state. Washington, D.C. is not an, a normal town like any other, to, <laughs> by no stretch of the imagination, is Washington, D.C. a normal town. And the, the, the Congress has simply given Washington, D.C. too much local power You always see this on license plates in D.C. It says taxation without representation. You see this move in Washington, D.C. to turn the federal district into a new state. It deserves to be a state. No, the whole point of Washington, D.C. is that it's not a state. The whole point of Washington, D.C. is that it it is not a local government. It is the national government. That's why we have the capital of our country in that federal district, so that no one state has the capital right there. We've given them too much power. Washington, D.C. is always run by libs. They always vote Democrat. And we should stop that. The Congress should exert much, much more control. This is going to be another one of those issues that maybe splits the conservatives. Because you're, you're going to hear from some of the squishes. Well, no, we don't. Big government, bad. National government, bad. We need more local control, representation if you're going to have taxation. And this is perfect. Even if they always vote for Democrats. Even if they allow illegal aliens to vote. That's their right. It's No. No. We need big government, the biggest government we got, the national government, to come in and run Washington, D.C. That's not my new, modern, liberal, statist opinion. That's how Washington, D.C. was founded. That's explicitly what D.C. was founded for. And we cannot trust the local government. It's one of the most corrupt local governments in the country. Now, speaking of who gets to go to Washington, D.C., within the next year or two. Good news for President Trump coming out of the 2024 primary polls. There is a new poll out from Morning Consult, shows that President Trump has the support of nearly half of the GOP. He's got 49% support. Number two, we all know who number two is, is is Ron DeSantis. Uh, Ron DeSantis has 30% support, which is very, very impressive, but it's still 19 points behind Trump. And then no one else comes close. Mike Pence has 7%. Nikki Haley has 3%. Senator Cruz has 2%. And then other people are barely even registering. The reason this matters is not, not because general primary polls are that big a deal, not because we're getting all that close to the actual primaries, lack of change in the meantime. The reason this matters is the momentum. Trump has regained ground in the GOP. Trump before the midterms, even before he announced his his run in 2024, he was the dominant force in the GOP. Many people thought that if he ran for president, he would just clear the field. Then he just kind of started falling down a little bit. He made some missteps and the midterms didn't turn out as well as he and others were hoping. And Ron DeSantis just is pitch perfect. Every single week, he gets a a great new headline. He looks good. He's growing in favor with GOP primary voters. And so there was this fear in Trump world, I'm certain, that those trend lines were just going to keep continuing and Trump would disappear and and Ron DeSantis would, be, would become the heir apparent. That does not seem to be happening. Ron DeSantis could easily still become the GOP nominee in 2024, but Trump's 19-point lead right now is up from only an 11-point lead, which he had earlier this month. At that time, Trump had 45% to DeSantis' 34%. Now he's gaining ground. All of which is to say, people think that they know the future. People think that every discrete moment that we're living in is eternity. And that right now, the way the headlines and the polls look, that is going to be how things are forever. But of course, in politics, things are changing constantly. And it's a reminder that DeSantis is doing everything right. And there are other candidates who are throwing their hats in the rings, even after they had suggested they might not. People like Nikki Haley, Tim Scott appears to be preparing a presidential run. Lots of people who are getting involved. This is still Trump's race to lose. Trump is still the dominant force in the race. Even those of us who have our nose nose in politics all the time, people who are listening to this show right now, are much, much better informed on politics than at least 96% of the country, (laughs) probably more than that. If you're listening to this show, you have a political interest. You stay up to date on what's going on. You, You have some understanding of the political philosophy undergirding not only these movements in politics, but the candidates as well. That is not true for most of the country. For most of the country, they just, they just know Trump. They remember Trump because he's been a celebrity for 40 years and they know that he was the president. I, I bet you a huge number of Americans, if not most Americans, couldn't tell you who the vice president is. <laughs> or, or certainly not, couldn't tell you very much about who the vice president is. It is still Trump's race to lose. Speaking of vice presidents, there's more classified documents. Everybody has classified documents. Classified documents were found at Mike Pence's house, I think it was actually uh, Mike Pence or one of his lawyers who found them. This after classified documents were found at Biden's house. This after classified documents were found at Trump's house. I am, I'm quite certain, the last political figure in the United States to not have classified documents in my house. And I don't know, maybe I do. Maybe I, I, don't, I don't know how I would have gotten them, but they're, tr- they're cropping up everywhere, including at Mike Pence's house. So what does this mean? It's eliciting very, very interesting responses. Starts with Trump. They find the classified docs. This is the end of the world. This is going to cause nuclear war. They sold sold state secrets. We got to raid Mar-a-Lago. We got to send in the jackbooted thugs, knock down the president's door. Oh, we got to get those docs. This is a horrible We got to prosecute Trump. Then they find documents at Biden's office. Oh, okay. Now it's not as big a deal. No, It's fine. No, having classified documents, no, forget about it. Biden just did it once. It was at his office. Oh, it was at his house, too. Hmm. Well, I'm sure it was really secure. Oh, it was actually next to his Corvette that his degenerate, corrupt son was driving. Oh, mm hmm. Oh, well. And he didn't even, the president has a right to declassify whatever he wants, but Biden took those docs when he was vice president. Doesn't have a right to do that. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, it's not a big deal. Let's forget about talking about the Trump thing for a while. Oh, but Pence did it? Okay, good. All right, now it's a big deal again. No, it's a big deal because it's two Republicans did it. It's only one, it's only one Democrat. It's it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. And Trump responds to this. And Trump has had a little bit of a contentious relationship with Mike Pence in recent years because he wanted Mike Pence to refuse to certify the election. And he attacked Mike Pence after Pence wouldn't do that. But Trump says, quote, Mike Pence is an innocent man. He never did anything knowingly dishonest in his life. Leave him alone, three exclamation marks. Huh. And as with all Trump tweets and comments, and you, you think, is, he, is this ironic? Is, it, is he earnest? Is, I, I think it's earnest. He goes on, he says, they created this documents mess for themselves by being so totally deranged about me, and I did nothing wrong. So Trump's saying, it's all about me. They're just trying to get me. Stop going after pens. Come on. The guy's like the most honest guy in the world. Now, Pence, after Trump's home was raided in August, Pence said, I've not hesitated to criticize the president when I think he was wrong. And clearly, possessing classified documents in an unprotected area is not proper. So now you've got Trump being especially magnanimous after Pence, with, with some good reason, by the way. If I were Pence, I'd be probably pretty miffed at, at Trump as well. But Pence doesn't defend Trump on the classified documents. Trump does defend Pence to me this reads as sincere though it is helpful to Trump. It shows that Trump was right in the first place about all this classified documents non-troversy and it does something that I think really will help Trump and will help to increase his poll numbers which is it makes Trump look much more loyal loyal than other people in politics and loyal than he previously had been. And this is a quality that people love about Trump and it's it's not talked about very much but Donald Trump has been, for a lot of his career, extremely loyal to the people that he is close to. And that started to break down, and the constant focus on the slights against him, especially in in the last couple of years, I I think has turned a lot of people off and felt like a a turning away of the focus. But people really like this quality, that Trump will defend his guys, and ultimately that Trump will defend you. It's like that, that meme that he posted during the campaign. Hillary says, I'm with her. He says, I'm with you. He changes the subject and the object of that slogan. Trump says, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I just happen to be in the way. That's that connection that Trump has. And I think this looks really, really good for him. The way that I know that I'm right about how to interpret the Pence classified documents non is that Joy Behar on The View told me that I'm right. You know, the one thing about this that I think is good is when it was just Biden and Trump, I thought, well, maybe Merrick Garland and the special prosecutor will feel like it's politically motivated to go after Trump now, you know, because you got to watch the politics. Now they don't have to worry about that (laughs) because they've got now they've got, you know, two. Misery loves company. Well, yeah, yeah, it's not politically motivated. And there's more misery to come. Now it's not politically motivated. That's the best part, (laughs) as she describes the most cynical, opportunistic political motivation for a prosecution. ever. Oh, I think this is great. I'm glad that, that uh, Mike Pence had those documents. This is terrific. Well, hold on. The argument for why you're going to go after Trump on the classified documents is that mishandling classified documents is a very serious, very dangerous crime, right? That's the only reason that you're going to go after him on it. But then Biden did the same thing. He actually did a worse version of the same thing. And you let it go then Mike Pence did the same thing. And now you're saying, okay, this is good. We can go after Trump again. Oh, Graham's so pleased. But if the crime, the alleged crime itself were so serious, then you wouldn't be happy that it's happening again. If it really posed a danger to national security, you'd say, oh my gosh, three in a row, we're going to die here. Man, this is terrible. I'm sure the Chinese and the Saudis and the, I don't know, whoever else, I'm sure they got this information. This is terrible. No, no, it's totally fake. No one is actually worried at all about these classified documents sitting in a closet somewhere. When anyone does it, it's pure political opportunism. Joy Behar has no respect for our democratic norms. (laughs) You know, our sacred democratic norms that the libs always talk about. She says, oh, good, okay. Two versus one, great. Let's go after Trump. Speaking of no respect for our democratic norms, Adam Schiff, You know, Adam Schiff is the guy who lied to you or at least was completely wrong and dishonest about the entire Trump presidency. He's got really swampy ties to the deep state. He said a lot of things that weren't true that uh, exacerbated the impeachment process for Trump, one of the impeachment processes for Trump. He's just, he's one of the worst out there. And so McCarthy removed him from the Intelligence Committee because. Adam Schiff abused his power. Well, Adam Schiff is not going down without a fight. He says, Kevin McCarthy just kicked me and Eric Swalwell off the intelligence committee. Eric Swalwell, who allegedly slept with a Chinese spy. This is petty political payback for investigating Donald Trump. If he thinks this will stop me, he will soon find out just how wrong he is. I will always defend our democracy. Our democracy is what kicked Adam Schiff off the committee in the first place. What what does the phrase our democracy mean in the sentence that Adam Schiff posted? Adam Schiff was kicked off the Intelligence Committee by Kevin McCarthy, who was elected Speaker of the House by the members of Congress, who were elected by the people in our democracy. Adam Schiff being kicked off this committee is a fairly direct consequence of our democracy. But our democracy, as the libs use that phrase, does not really mean democracy. Sometimes people correct me when I when I use this phrase, even when I use this phrase as I am right now in jest. They say Michael, we're a democracy, we're a republic, not a democracy, which is fair enough and you see the framers of the constitution make this distinction in the federalist papers. But what's confusing about it is that in the Federalist, the civilizations that they refer to as democracies really were republics, and the ones they refer to as republics really were democracies. And it's it's a little difficult to neatly separate those two things. But regardless, let's, let's say we were a democracy. The Libs don't care at all about democracy. For the Libs, and I, I don't think they're doing this in any nefarious way. I don't think they're particularly educated or intelligent enough to be using the, this the word in this nefarious, uh, intentional way. They, I think they genuinely believe that democracy is synonymous with liberalism, but it's not. People, the democracy can elect right wing governments just the same as they can elect the libs. That's what happened in Hungary with Viktor Orbán. That's what happened in Italy with Giorgia Maloney. That's what happened in that's what happened in the UK with the Brexit. That's what happened in America with Trump, and they just can't accept that. So whenever that happens, whenever the people elect a conservative, they say this is an attack on our democracy, which is obviously incoherent. That's a, a, in, internally a, a contradiction, if you were to say that. But it's just because they, they mean, by democracy, liberalism. And so anytime liberalism fails, they, they say it's illegitimate. So what Adam Schiff is saying is, I will defend liberalism. I will defend liberalism to the very end. Even if the people want me gone, I will defend liberalism because the, the, the representatives of liberalism, the expression of liberalism, is the deep state, is the swamp, is that the blob liberal establishment that frequently tries to undermine the will of the American people within the confines of the U.S. Constitution. Who, the people who are operating within the confines of the U.S. Constitution, the blob deep state liberal establishment that very often is not. Now, there is some good news coming out of the deep state. I I, I want to be as fair as I can to those swampy blob monsters over in D.C. The Department of Justice has just sued Google for having a monopoly over digital ads. The DOJ and several state attorneys general filed a suit against Google on Tuesday for allegedly monopolizing digital ad technologies. Quote, today's complaint alleges that Google has used anti-competitive, exclusionary, and unlawful conduct to eliminate or severely diminish any threat To its dominance over digital ad technologies, the DOJ will vigorously enforce our antitrust laws to protect consumers, safeguard competition, and ensure economic fairness and opportunity for all. Here we arrive at another fork in the road, conservatives. Which way are you going to go? The squishes are going to say, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I don't like Google. You know, because Google controls roughly 90% of the flow of information in our country, and it's tilted entirely to the left. And they censor conservatives and block conservatives from campaigning and rig the search results to promote liberal uh, causes. But at least it's not big government. I don't know. I don't know. This Google, that Google's a private company you don't like the way that Google is completely restructuring our political order in our republic. Well, you know, just build your own Google. And then you got the conservatives who, who will say, no, <laughs> no. If, if my speech is being taken away, If my uh, ability to uh, govern myself and to elect representatives who really represent me is being taken away. If my access to information, real information about even politically controversial subjects like vaccines or the coronavirus or immigration or any other number of issues is being taken away. I don't care if it's being taken away by the government or by an allegedly private corporation. I just want to protect my rights. I just want to protect my way of life. So if it's the government going after me, then I'll go after the government. If it's a private corporation going after me, I'll go after a private corporation. And it's not a private corporation, by the way. Google was built with a lot of support from the government. And Google maintains its dominance with a lot of support from the government and from from the federal agencies. And in fact, the, the way that the elite liberals who want to take over the world and make us all eat bugs and live in zi pods and, t- and own nothing and be happy. The way that they want to do that is not simply through communism, or is not simply through growing the government into a more progressive entity. What they tell you, what the Davos crowd, the World Economic Forum, the elite liberals who have a lot of power, what they tell you is they want to do it through public-private partnerships. It's actually still today very hard for the Libs to censor you outright through the government. The First Amendment stands in the way. It's tricky. But it's not so hard for the libs to use the government to pressure the allegedly private corporations to do the government's dirty work for it. That's what happened when they booted Trump off all the platforms. That's what happened when when the FBI and the DOJ pressured big tech companies to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. (laughs) Effectively, too that that's very bad too. So which is it? Are we going to be the little, are we going to be the little squishes? Or are we going to be the big bull mooses here? What are we going to do? Are we going to have the guts to take on big power, monopolistic power, wherever it resides, as Teddy Roosevelt told us to do, as Barry Goldwater told us to do, for goodness sakes? Or are we going to be little squishes? Are we going to be court jesters in the kingdom of liberalism? And say, well, you know, if we're, if we're, excuse me, if we're really being principled conservatives, then the way to be principled is to let a gigantic woke corporations completely destroy our way of life. Mm, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Even more good news coming out of the swamps. <laughs> we were talking about the classified documents scandal before. The feds have raided Joe Biden's home. Federal officials searched Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware. they they discovered even more classified material than previously had turned up at one of his offices at his fake think tank that had been funded with Chinese money. And at his home, they found even more classified documents. DOJ took possession of materials it deemed within the scope of its inquiry, including six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials, some of which were from the president's service in the Senate, and some of which were from his tenure as VP. That's according to Biden's personal lawyer. So hold on. Now it's not even just from the Obama years. Now it goes all the way back to when he was a senator. Biden hasn't been a senator since what, 2008? It goes back a very, very long time. It, it probably won't amount to much of anything, but I suspect the reason that they conducted this raid is they had to. It would have looked so transparently corrupt had they had they not done it, because they did the same thing to Trump. And so what, what you have here, I think, is what La Rochefoucauld Described as uh, uh, hypocrisy, being the tribute that vice pays to virtue. <laughs> These are vicious, corrupt people running our government. But they, I think, they they sort of recognized here it was so it would look so transparent if they didn't if they didn't raid Biden's home. It almost certainly won't amount to anything, but at least at least it is an acknowledgment. The very fact that the the DOJ, the FBI raided the home is an acknowledgement that these are the same things. And whatever you want to accuse Trump of doing, you can accuse Biden of doing tenfold. That's always the, whatever you want to accuse Republicans of doing, you can accuse the Democrats of doing tenfold. Yesterday, I told you how we are all one step closer to eating the bugs. The EU officially enacted a statute to allow those food producers to incorporate cricket powder into flour-based products, not because it tastes better, not because we've developed a new refined palate for insects, but because the political elites have deemed that it's it's better for the environment, and they can make a lot of money doing it. So right down to the food you eat, the world wants to make you woke, but not Dennis Prager. He wants to make you wise. And the founder of PragerU is going to do just that with a never-before-seen series exclusively on Daily Wire Plus called the Masters Program with Dennis Prager. We at the Daily Wire have a long-standing friendship with Dennis, going back many many years. Uh, one of my absolute favorite cigar buddies in all of Los Angeles. Uh, you may have seen my book club over on PragerU. You might have seen one of PragerU's famous five minute videos. I've done a bunch of those as well. In fact, PragerU, Alan Estrin, the executive director of PragerU, g- gave me the idea for my book, Speechless Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. So, I, I, you know, I just I obviously love PragerU, love Dennis Prager. He's got a wealth of experience. And what the master's program aims to do is take 40 years of wisdom and experience from one of the most influential conservative thinkers in America and distill it all down to its essence. He covers topics such as the consequences of secularism, is human nature basically good? It's a thought-provoking and illuminating work. The first two episodes of PragerU's master's program are available to stream right now, exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. Head on over to dailywireplus.com, become a member, and watch PragerU master's program and more. That's dailywireplus.com. Speaking of raids, Dave Chappelle is being raided and attacked by transgender activists. Here he explains. So I get to the show that night, and of course, protesters came. Uh, What a scene. Mayor, you wouldn't believe it. These were grown people of of, of various genders and gender identities. They threw eggs. They (laughs) threw eggs at the people who were lined up to see the show. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, they was doing all that shit. One lady was so mad with the protesters. she picked up a police barricade. you never seen one that looked like a bike rat? Uh-huh. This b- picked that barricade up by herself and threw it at the crowd. I got to tell you, it's an amazing feat of strength for a woman. <laughs> so it really sounds like an, an exciting scene. As Chappelle goes on, he says, trying to silence a person like me, I don't think it has anything to do with being loved. They want to be feared. If you say this, then we will punish you we'll come to First Avenue and F your show up. And we'll come to the Varsity Theater and F your show up. <laughs> and they just don't get to do that. Dave's describing this behavior. He says, man, this is a crazy behavior. Why are they doing this? He says, well, he's trying to think of it really rationally. He says, well, they're doing it because they want power. I'm sure that's true. And they're doing it because they want to intimidate me and shut me up. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. You know why else they're doing it? Do you know why else these transgender activists are behaving like crazy people in public because they're crazy people. Sometimes the simplest answer really is the best and the most persuasive. These are very very crazy people. If you are a man and you think that you're a woman, you're a, you're a very crazy person and you need psychological help. I don't, I'm not saying that to be mean to anybody. Or to make anybody feel small or belittled. But you have serious problems if you think that. And you need to go get help. Because if you don't get help, if you indulge these delusions, you're just going to act crazier and crazier. So what do we do about this? What do we do about crazy people generally? You know, the, the Britney Spears conservatorship was a real illuminating incident on this kind of a question. Because we didn't know exactly how to react. We also didn't have perfect information. Is Britney Spears really having psychological problems? Is she totally fine and she's just being kept a prisoner because of her corrupt and greedy father or that? We, we didn't really quite know. But there was, there was an even deeper question, which is, well, let's say she is kind of crazy. She, should she really be under a conservatorship or should she be free to act as crazy as she wants? we've come to another fork in the road here. Which way are you going to go? The the squishes and the libs and our society for the last 50 years has said, hey, if you're crazy and you're in deep distress and you have trouble functioning in society and you can't really take care of yourself and that's your problem, you still have a right to do whatever you want to do. You want to go dance around throwing eggs in the air at a Dave Chappelle show, that's totally fine. You want to go live on the street and do a bunch of drugs down on Skid Row, that's totally fine. You want to have public meltdowns everywhere, that's your right to do it. Because of your bodily sovereignty and autonomy and self-ownership or whatever. But the conservative response is, no, if, if you are not in possession of your rational faculties, if you do not have a properly functioning rational will, then not only do you not have a right to be left alone and do whatever you want, you don't have the capacity to do that. You don't have the ability to do that. You you see this in in the big divide over insane asylums. For pretty much all of world history, we had insane asylums for people who were too crazy to take care of themselves. Then in the middle of the 20th century, we decided to close down all of the insane asylums. And we did that probably with good intention because they're not particularly pleasant places because mental illness is deeply unpleasant and very scary. And because we thought, well, we've got drugs now to treat this so people don't need to be kept in these asylums. Problem is though, you let the people out, they stop taking the drugs and they behave like crazy people. And then we not only indulge mental illness, but in recent years, we've come to, to exalt it. We've come to praise it. We've come to reward mental illness. Now mental illness carries a cachet. People, especially young people, will will brag about having a mental illness. It gives you some extra intersectionality points. Well, I'm not black, I'm not gay, I'm not a Muslim, I'm not, hmm, I don't have any of these. Th- well, at least I, I'm mentally ill. At least I can say, wait, well, I need to focus on my mental health. That's, that's a phrase that people use now as co- casual conversation. That would not have been the case even 10 years ago. No one would have been bragging about saying, oh, I've got a lot of mental illnesses. Say, <laughs> oh, so, bro, we got to get you help. So, so where do we go from here? Until the conservatives are willing to reassert a sane vision on society and willing to wield political power to cultivate that, that sane sensibility in society, until we reopen some insane asylums, until we put some restrictions on how crazy people behave out in public, until we, until we acknowledge and enforce certain norms and standards, like saying boys are boys and girls are girls, and if you're a boy, then you can't pretend to be a girl in public. That's weird stuff, and we're going to put you in psychiatric treatment if you do that. Until we start, until we start wielding that kind of political power, Dave Chappelle's going to get more eggs in the face. Speaking of psychiatry, new research. There's a new study. You remember yesterday? If you listened to the show yesterday, I talked about how there's. There's so often new studies that have the shocking news that our common sense was right all along. But because we live in a scientific age, we only believe things when they come in studies and when they've got lots of statistics and peer reviewed clinical numbers in them to tell us things that we knew the whole time. Well, here's the new shocking study antidepressant drugs can dull your emotions. <laughs> this is a headline. Antidepressant drugs do what they say that they will do. They blunt your emotions. But not just in the good way, not just in the way that they're sold in the commercials, also in the bad way. They not only, these drugs not only uh, make your depressive periods less severe, they also make your joys less exciting. They make your, your joys less joyful. Quote, emotional blunting is a common side effect of SSRI antidepressants, according to Professor Barbara Sahakian at the University of Cambridge. In a way, this may be in part how they work. Yeah, exactly. They take away some of the emotional pain that people who experience depression feel, but unfortunately, it seems that they also take away some of the enjoyment. I hate these drugs. I don't have personal experience with them. I know that some people write in, they say antidepressant drugs Were very helpful to me, or they saved my life. I'm not saying that there's no application for them ever in any case. But for the vast majority of people who are on these drugs right now and who are on these drugs for a long period of time, it is a bad idea. And part of the reason that people are are constantly being prescribed these drugs is because it's big money. Antidepressants are a $17 billion a year industry. They're set to grow to a $22 billion per year industry by 2027. And here's here's how I know that too many people are on these drugs, that that probably most people on these drugs should never touch these things. 13% of American adults take antidepressant drugs. 13%. And when you just look at women, the number goes up to 18%. One in five women in our country regularly takes depression drugs. That is not, here's a medical intervention to maybe get you through a particularly difficult period to uh, then allow psychological or religious intervention to come in and help ameliorate your problem. No, that is just drug addiction. There is no way that it's just a fact of the human condition that one in five women needs to be on these insane, expensive, powerful drugs that blunt your experience of humanity. That is a national scandal. That is evil. And it's nothing new exactly, specifically with the women. For all of human history, we have been trying to cure women of womanhood. (laughs) There are all these interventions that we've had to cure women of the eccentricities that go along with being women. Before we plied them all with with zombie drugs, we we went in and scrambled up their brains. We gave them lobotomies in the middle of the 20th century. Before that, we had all sorts of creative, imaginative treatments for hysteria, for, for going back actually to the ancient world. We're always trying to cure women of being women. And now we're trying to cure humanity of any sense of suffering. But suffering is a sanctifying thing, and if you if you are constantly throughout your whole life reliant on some very powerful psychology altering drug, mind altering drug, to deal with that, something has gone wrong, and maybe there are even a handful of people who really need that kind of intervention. You know, it's a fallen world. Some people have really severe problems. One in five Americans. No, I don't think so. I think that is a national scandal. And the more we've learned about big pharma over the years, the, the less and less likely I am to give them the benefit of the doubt. And the more I hope Republicans start pushing on this, not just on the COVID vaccines, but on this scandal, that we are plying a fifth of the population in, in certain cases, at least 13%, with very expensive, powerful drugs to, take, to deprive them of beautiful aspects of their humanity. The rest of the show continues now. You don't want to miss it because sometimes Mr. Davies and the producers over there, they get very, very upset because they say, I want you to talk about this story. I say, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about that story. Want well, Michael, You? I want to hear you talk about that. I say, listen, I, I got to focus on important things. I got to talk about the sexy green m M&M, Okay, I can't, I don't have time for it. So they have found a story that I've not gotten to this week. They, they want my expert opinion on it. Become a member right now. Use code KNOLLS at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.